Good morning, everyone. He's behind. He's behind. Oh, it's Panto. <laughs> oh, I hope you're all well. Enjoying the season so far. It's just started. So it's exciting, isn't it? Um, I'm really honoured to be preaching on Advent Part 2. Yeah. Oh, it's my PowerPoint. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. You can't see the bottom very well. Oh. It is what it is. Um, but yes, Advent part two, Jesus is coming back. How often do we preach on this stuff, hey? You know, Advent is the season where we look back and remember and celebrate when Jesus came the first time. And I'd just like to commend him for preaching a blinder last week. And if you didn't hear it or you want to hear it again, I just encourage you to go onto the Trinity YouTube and listen to it because it's, um, it just equips us in how to tell people that Jesus was God before he came and that he has gone back to heaven and he is still God in eternity. And it was just incredible. And also, Tim reminded us that because of Jesus coming and what he did and the way he lived, he died, his resurrection, we are born again to new life. We're not the same. Isn't that great? Um, but also, uh, right, are we changing mics? Thank you. Okay, can you hear me? No? Yes. All right. Oh, shall I move it up? Yes? Yeah. It's my hair, isn't it? It's my long flock. No. Am I? Are we good? Yeah. yeah. Ah, lovely. Okay, let's carry on then. So, um, yeah, Advent is the season also where traditionally we would look forward to when Jesus is coming back because he is coming back. Amen. He promised it. And um, we're living between the two Advents. What a, what a privilege, right? Uh, between the first one that happened over 2,000 years ago and the second one that will happen when? We don't know. <laughs> well, if anybody comes and says, I've worked it out, we've calculated according to the signs and, and what is happening and according to Bible scripture, Jesus is coming back next Tuesday. Thank you, Duncan. Duncan becomes a false prophet. <laughs> He's obviously not really. He was joking because the Bible is clear. Nobody knows when he's coming. Right. Be ready. Just be ready. Yeah, be ready. Um, but um, yeah, I'm going to let the Bible do a lot of speaking on this today because the Bible does it way better than I do. And we're going to read some passages that aren't, don't feel very Christmassy, you know, not very warm and fuzzy, uh, but they're important. And, you know, every passage in the Bible is life-changing if we allow it to speak to us. So I'm going to invite up my first reader, Nathan Dieppe. Come on up, Nathan. Could we have that mic for Nathan? And we're going to focus today on Advent Part 2, when Jesus is coming back. How do we wait? How do we live while we're waiting? Can we have slides, Ken, please? Yeah. Otherwise, don't worry. Nathan is going to read to us from Matthew 24, verses 1 to 14. Um, 
temple grounds. His disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings, but he responded, Do you see all these buildings? I tell you the truth, they'll be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Later Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will all this happen? What signs will signal your return and the end of the world? Jesus told them, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the birth pains, with more to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted and killed. You will be hated over all the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away and from me and betray and hate each other. And many false poets will appear and deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere and love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved and the good news of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you. So, yeah, not very cheerful reading, is it? It's talking about all sorts of stuff that we hear pretty much every day on the news. Sounds like a news report, doesn't it? Have you noticed how negative the news is? Even when they're reporting on something fairly neutral, they can add a negative slant to it. And people are becoming more and more angry and frightened and nervous and anxious. And I do feel, I don't know if you agree with me, but since the pandemic, since the start of 2020, we're living on edge. We're not quite sure what's going to, something's going to happen next. We're ready for the next thing. We're not relaxing. We're not, you know, we're not um, expecting a period of peace now. We're actually expecting bad news and it's become the norm. But Jesus tells us, and he warns us, wars and threats of war. Well, we're living that, aren't we? That's already happening in the world. Nations and kingdoms against each other, hating each other. Yep, that's tick happening. Famines, earthquakes. Yep, natural disasters are <coughs> happening all over the world. Um, but this is just the beginning. This is the stuff we're living. And this has been going on since Jesus left. You know, throughout the centuries, there has been all of this, wars and natural disasters and hatred for one another. Um, but Jesus compares these to birth pains. And women that have given birth will know those contractions that are so painful. But we're still, you know, there's a gap between the contractions. You know the gap where you don't go to hospital yet? How long is that gap? Jill, you'll know. <laughs> it's just painful. <laughs> and it is painful. You know, where it ten, the, the contractions are 15 minutes apart. No, stay at home. Nothing's happening. You know, it's not happening yet, but it is going to increase. And then it gets worse. They pick up pace. You know, when you hardly get enough time to recover from one, the next thing. And it just feels a little bit like that we've entered that phase. Arrested, persecuted, killed. This is already happening in some parts of the world. You know, we have brothers and sisters in other countries who risk their life just because they have chosen to follow Jesus. We have so much freedom. 
we don't appreciate it, do we? I'm preaching to myself. You know, Sunday mornings, we come here. Yeah, nice thing to do. But we've got brothers and sisters who are desperate to, to meet and discuss all things about God and what he's done for them. And they take their life in their hands when they do that. It says Christians will turn away from Jesus and turn against other Christians. They're going to get dobbed in. We're going to, who knows what will happen one day that we may get into trouble for following Jesus. We need to be ready for this. False prophets, deceiving people. Well, there are all sorts of theologies out there. That's why it's so important that we you know, check everything, test everything against the Bible and what it says. And then it says sin will be rampant. That means everywhere, all of the time. And basic human kindness and love will disappear more and more. But there is good news. The one who endures to the end, who's that? The one who is faithful with his eyes fixed on Jesus will be saved. And that's, how, you know, God's people, we endure to the very end, no matter what. But it says that the end will only come when the gospel of the kingdom is preached to the ends of the earth. And that's us. That's our job. Yeah. How is this going to happen? So the first thing I would say is that no, we're not getting the slides, are we? Oh, no. Well, anyway, we're going to we're going to I have three points in how we're to live while we're waiting. The first one is unafraid, unafraid. We got unafraid. Yeah. Because Jesus, in that passage that Nathan read, right towards the beginning, Jesus says, but do not panic. You know, God's command to not be fearful is throughout the Bible. Yeah, because when we uh, respond in fear, we stop. We, we stop in our tracks or worse still, we retreat. We go back, don't we? So the Bible clearly, Jesus says, do not panic. These things will happen. So the next time you're listening to the news and it is bombarding us with bad news, remember, do not panic. These things have to happen before he can return. There's another fear as well. I grew up in a church um, whose main focus was to preach on the return of Jesus. But the focus was, was a little bit off, I would say. I'm glad to say they've improved on that, but it was all about, are you ready? Are you living a holy life? Are you following his commands? Because when he comes, he will judge you. And i tell you something, I was terrified. I didn't want Jesus to come back, I'll be honest. <laughs> I was too scared. And, you know, uh, don't be caught. If Jesus comes and he catches you in a pub, in a nightclub, or in a cinema even... Well, you're finished, aren't you? <laughs> so I can share with you that the, um, in my final year at, at college, uh, it was our job to prepare the school disco. Yeah, we had discos in those days. Nowadays, it's all nightclubs and things. But yeah, the school disco. And uh, the school disco, because it was the big one, it was held in a nightclub. And that night, the night before, I <coughs> dreamt that Jesus was coming back. <laughs> And then, of course, I was just like torn. I wanted to go to the school disco. It was my final year. I was terrified. What if it's a sign? What if it's the warning? <laughs> well, I went. And of course, did he come back? Here we are. You know, <laughs> that's what fear can do. 
you start misinterpreting. You think God is going to just judge you and, and God is just angry and he's just looking for a reason to punish you. And that is not God's love. Yeah. So unafraid. Point two, fruitful. I'm going to invite Mimi to come up and read a passage, please. Mimi's reading from Matthew 25, verses 31 to verse 40. We need to live fruitful lives while we're here. This is point two. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and gave you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it for me. Thank you, Mimi. And we've also got another passage, Matthew 28. Don't rush off. <laughs> I just want to say, if we live frightened, afraid of the second coming, or afraid of the world and how evil it's becoming, and we hide from the world in our bunker, how are we going to do all this? We can't be fruitful, can we? We'd be living, you know, how are people going to hear about Jesus? Read Matthew 28. When the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey the commands that I have given you, and to be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Thank you, Mimi. Isn't that lovely? I am with you always, even to the very end. That's my favourite line in that passage. But more importantly, are we fulfilling what Jesus has commanded? So these two passages, the first one is a warning. You know, you fed me, you clothed me, you visited me. And people will be saying, but when did we do that, Lord? If you did it for anyone, you did it for me. Okay. So this is fruitful and active lives in the kingdom. And the second one is the command to go and make disciples, teaching everyone Jesus's commands. Um, If we hide in our bunker or in our tower, how are we going to show people the love of the Father? How are we going to help people fall in love with Jesus? Because they've got to fall in love with us first, right? We've got to be showing something, radiating something that's so attractive that they're going to want to know more. They're going to be drawn to us, right? 
We are told to go and make disciples and teach them everything Jesus has commanded. Now, I just want to say we're, we're all going to do that in different ways. We're not all called to stand at the front and teach in a traditional sense. Some of us will teach through our actions, through our words. Some of us will um, just show kindness to our neighbours, generosity with our money, but with our time. People just want to be heard. People are so desperate to be heard. Um, you know, sometimes it just, it's just five minutes that a neighbour might need. You might, be, you might be the only person they've spoken to in a long time. It's just something small. But the one thing we can all do is share our faith. We've all got our own personal story. It's not Bible bashing. Sometimes it's just your own story, why you believe in Jesus. You share that from a place of joy, from a place of peace. People will be questioning and wondering because the world is not offering any joy or peace right now. I just want us now to pause for a moment, just for a moment, and think about how you have been created. Because we are all different, unique in our talents and our gifts, and how we can share that. Some of you might just recognize right now, God, you have made me to be an encourager, or you have made me um, to be really practical. I'm the one that's going to go and feed the hungry. And I'm, I'm the one that's going to go and do some DIY jobs for somebody in need. Just think about how you can bless your workplace, your colleagues, your employer, or your business partners, your neighbours, your family. It starts at home. I know home is the place where we can be ourselves, but it starts there, doesn't it? How do we bless our neighbours? Think about how God has gifted you and crafted you and really step it up this Advent. Not just for Advent, but just make a commitment. Let this be an Advent resolution. Instead of New Year's resolutions, this is the time, isn't it, when we focus on Jesus to think, this is, this is a gift you've given me, Lord. I haven't been using it very much. I'm going to start using it now. Point number three, the third way that we should be living while we're waiting is rooted. Rooted, because roots, yeah, roots go deep. And it's all about being rooted in Jesus. And I'm going to read this final passage from John 15, 1 to 8. These are really well-known passages, but let's really take it on board now. Where Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, 
Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. It's very clear, repeats it over and over, remain in me. In some translations it says abide. And that lovely old classic word to abide. It comes from the Greek word meno, which means to stay close by, to loiter. You know someone who loiters? They just hang around. They never go away. It's almost, I mean, we almost see it as a negative thing. Like they're, they're a bit annoying. But Jesus is telling us just loiter, hang around, be close to him. Nothing is possible unless we're rooted in him. We will be afraid when we're hearing all the calamities going around the world. And uh, we will be fruitless because we will grow tired. We will be doing things in our own strength, our own energy, and we will grow tired. What does it look like to be rooted in Jesus? What does that mean? Yeah, we need to be attached with a branch, attached to the plant. On our own, we will die. I'll just share one very quick story. A few years ago, when I was working in the office, we went to go ape. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Ken, yeah. Well, it was, it was a lot of fun, and um, the guys were really silly, actually. Surely not. I know. Would you believe? Cooley, Matt Chow, for those who remember, Dave Price, Duncan and Ken. And the guys were just pushing them each other. Have any of you been to Go Ape? High up in the jail? Yeah. Oh, yep, Sandy. High up in the trees. Between trees, there are these tight ropes that you have to walk or these really thin planks. A lot of it is quite wobbly. I tell you, they were, I was terrified, but I did it. You know what? I was with these guys who thought they were so clever, so I had to do it, and I had to be brave <laughs> right to the very end. But they weren't allowed to shake me or do anything silly. Um, but let me tell you something. You had to be tethered. You had to be tethered because if you fall, potentially very, very serious. And you had to unclip yourself and clip yourself in a specific way. You would unclip yourself but remain clipped at the same time and then you would clip yourself onto the next bit and only that way would you be safe. And I feel that is exactly what we've got to be like with Jesus, how we need to be rooted with, clipped to him, tethered to him every day. So how does that look? I would say read God's word and meditate on it daily. Every day, even if you've only got the energy for one verse, every day get grounded in his word more and more. Read these passages, even the scary ones, so that you won't be scared. Talk to him throughout the day. I would say start the day, end the day, spend the day, wherever, just talk to him. I love the story of Brother Lawrence, the 16th century monk, who, for him, God was in the pots and pans. He had the most menial job. He did the washing up. And he was just, God is here, even in the washing up. And he would just talk to him and have that intimate relationship. Ask him for guidance and wait for the answer. Sometimes we pray, don't we? We just say, Lord, X, Y, Z, Amen. Sometimes we've got to sit in silence and let him speak to us. Or let him speak to us as we're going about our day. Be aware of his presence because he did say, I am with you always until the very end of the age. 
Bring all your fears and doubts to him. In a world where joy and peace are slipping away ever more, and it's getting darker, the world is getting darker. There's no doubt. We get to shine all the more brightly because Jesus is in us. You know, the queen, we know she had a really strong faith. She described Jesus um, in the foreword of a book that was written about her faith. She described him as the bedrock of her life. The bedrock is it. There's nothing, nothing else. It doesn't move. This is not the soil that moves or, or the shingle, you know, the little stones. They move. They move around. She described him as the bedrock and her inner light. You know, without that light, she, would, she wouldn't move. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it lovely to know that she had this incredible faith? But yeah, Jesus, he needs to be our inner light that we shine to others. Jesus' second coming will be as different as possible from the first. They're completely opposite. The first time he came, the Bible describes him as a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. He was humbled, humiliated, scorned, rejected, despised, betrayed, condemned to death. Death on the cross, which was the most painful and humiliating death. We know that. We know this stuff but we just need to let it really sink in. The second time he comes back is his final return and he will return as king to rule and reign. And there are other passages that will explain what will happen at the end. We haven't got time to go into all that and that in itself is a study. You know, If you have a passion for knowing about the end times, it's, uh, the study is called eschatology, knowing what's going to happen at the end, what will it look like, uh, the, you know, is Jesus coming, the angels are coming, the dead will rise, there's so much in the Bible, then by all means, go for it, study it, listen to reputable Bible teachers on this stuff, don't get caught up in crazy ideas, but I would advise you, don't become consumed and obsessed with the detail because then we won't be fruitful, will we? We'll be living scaredy cat lives, you know? Another war's coming, another earthquake's coming. Just know that it is happening, he is returning. And he will come as king to rule and reign and every knee will bow and everyone will declare that he is Lord. Kings and princes will bow before him and every arrogant claim will be silenced just going to be something spectacular. The first time he came as the Lamb of God, he came to die. He came to die for our sins. But he will return as the Lion of Judah, Amen. roaring and victorious. We sang the song earlier. He is the Lamb and he is the Lion. You know, he is this contradiction. He's all of it. If you want to know what it will be like, Jesus is going to make all things new. He's promised that. Revelation 21 talks about, and I encourage you to read that for yourselves, talks about a new earth where there will be no more sickness, no more dying, no more sin. You know what sin is? It's lawlessness. And that will not exist anymore. Jesus will reign in our midst. 
Can you believe he's going to be um, present face to face? We will see him. He will reign in our midst. And as his people, we don't need to wait for that day to declare him as Lord and King. We declare him now, Lord and King. So I would say, let this Advent season, again, I'm going to repeat that, be a season where we step up our adoration and our devotion. Where, yes, we thank him for what he has done, for coming to earth over 2,000 years ago and changing our destiny. But we're also looking forward to this day when he returns. Let's be prepared to meet him daily and one day face to face in the future. Let's find our true joy in abiding with him so that we can be fearless and fruitful. So remember the three points. How do we wait in this waiting? Unafraid, fruitful for the kingdom, active and rooted in him daily. I'm going to pray for us now because I know that some of this stuff is terrifying and it's, the human, it's normal, human reaction to be afraid. You know, when our lives are at risk, it's perfectly normal. But God knows that. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are in control of all things, the beginning and the end. Jesus, we know that you are the Alpha, the Omega. You are eternal and you knew all of this before the foundations of the earth and you always had a plan to rescue us. I just want to pray against fear taking over. We just want to say, Lord Jesus, that the media does not dictate how we feel, but rather it is you and your promises, which are yes and amen, that dictates how we feel. We want to be fruitful. Lord, we just want to repent right now where we have sat on our talents and gifts and not used them as you have instructed us to. We pray that going forward, something will shift in us, that our greatest desire will be to feed the hungry, clothe those who are naked, visit the prisoner, teach what the gospel is about. May we be people who encourage and bring joy and life. May we show the Father's love to everyone we meet. We want to be a people who exalt you above all else and make Jesus beautiful to all mankind. I pray, Lord, that we won't miss any more opportunities to bless others. Show us clearly where you have called us to minister. We know some people are called to go overseas, but most of us are called to do it right here. We are all missionaries. And we pray, Lord, that we will be active in seeking out who you want us to speak to, who you want us to bless. But Lord, we know that we are not to do any of this without being attached to you, Lord Jesus, the true vine. Daily, may we start the day and end the day with you. Hungry for you, thirsty for you, and never satisfied because it is just so wonderful. Yeah, Lord, I pray for each one of us. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Just share one more thing with you. I don't know if you remember, about 10 years ago, I think it was, there was a, a mining accident in Chile. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I was gripped by that story, and I watched the rescue operation, which went on for about 24 hours. Um, and each person that came back out of the survey, each person that was rescued, there was a crowd <laughs> cheering, and they didn't grow tired. They, they stayed and cheered, all 33 of them, in the same measure. If you ever want to look it up on YouTube, you know, it's just such a wonderful story of how these guys were presumed dead, but they never stopped looking for them until they got news that they were alive. I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds of feet below the earth. And each one that was brought up, there was this celebration for them. And it makes me think... That's what the angels are doing for everyone who comes to Jesus, who gives their life for Jesus. There is a celebration going on. And so we are called to partner with God in making this happen. Some of us will plant tiny little seeds. We won't see the fruit. Someone else will. Some of us will see the fruit when we see the baptisms. We get to rejoice with heaven as another person gives their life publicly. I just want to encourage us to just be fruitful, rooted in Jesus Christ. I finished. I finished a bit early. It's good. Early's good. <laughs> Everyone's cheering that. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> We're on. That's great, Manuela. Thank you so much. Um, so. Those three things, I think what we should do now is respond to those, actually. Um, there was so much that Manuela packed in. So let's, let's just stand. I'm going to ask Hastings and the band to come back. And Becca, you prayed this morning in the prayer meeting before the service that actually it's not about us hosting and leading the service, but it's actually Jesus about you just coming and having your way. So I think we've kind of sensed a bit of that this morning already, that we just want to say, Jesus, have your way amongst us. So uh, what, are the, what are the things that Manuela said that perhaps, you know, touched our hearts and think, you know, come on, Jesus, help me with this bit that you've shared or here's something else. So we just, uh, just want to come before you, Jesus, and just say, have your way. Father God, we pray that there'll be a time now when we just respond to you, our Lord and Saviour, Father God. And there'll be a time also when you can come down at the end of the service and we can pray for you. If there's something you particularly want to stand alongside someone and, uh, and pray through together, we're really happy to do that. We're a church that loves to stand alongside each other and pray. Uh, so I just, again, just encourage you, just have a little think. If there's something that you think, do you know what? I want to get to know this Jesus a bit more this morning. I want to, maybe it's the first time that you've heard about Jesus and uh, his first advent and his second advent. I'm just going to put things out and just say, if you want someone to come and pray for you this morning, we're very happy to do that. So let's just bring, bring ourselves before God again. We're going to sing, but also allow the Holy Spirit to come and touch our lives.